It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleans in a bar, today we're at the fabulous Maple Leaf Bar on Oak Street in Uptown New Orleans. The Maple Leaf is the longest-running music club in New Orleans. It's been hosting music for 45 years. You can hear New Orleans' greatest musicians here every night of the week. George Porter is here every Monday night. The Rebirth Brass Band plays here every Tuesday. And the piano legend John Clary is here at the Maple Leaf every Friday night through Jazz Fest, which is pretty unbelievable, actually. It's very it? exciting. Yeah, you get to hear really great Grammy Award-winning musicians in a really intimate setting here at the Maple Leaf, which is one of the great things about being a New Orleanian, right, Julie? That's right. Yes. Among the many. Julie is spelt J-U-L-I-E. Correct. Not correct, but correct. 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 That is correct. And today's music theme was being played by Mark Carson. Thank you, Mark. Thank Very you, nice. Mark. <laughs> what, do you, what do you call that? What do I call that? Uh, yeah. It's a song that I wrote with uh, John Papagrove. It's called Jet Lagged and Loaded. Jet Lagged and Loaded Which is, is kind combo. of appropriate uh, for it is, considering it's Ash. We're recording this on Ash Wednesday 2020. Yes. What a day. How was Mardi Gras for you, Julie? It was pretty bad, I believe. No, it was, well, um, carnival season was rough because I'm a member of the crew of Knicks. Right. I saw you on television. Did you? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I do a lot for Channel 4, so when we had the uh, fatality, they called me the next day and said, would you mind just giving us a few words? They're having a hard time getting in touch with our captain, and she and I have a really good relationship. I knew she would trust me to speak candidly on camera, but not on behalf officially of Knicks, just as a, you know, a writer. Uh, but I was able to ride again, so I made up for my experience, rode in a Metairie Parade Sunday <laughs> evening. and As a makeup for Nick's with, on the Nick's float? That so um, our captain also runs a women's crew in Jefferson Parish that runs on Sunday night. And we were invited, anybody that wanted to go, would get a spot on a new float. So, so I got to ride with all my so friends. So what, what number float were you on in Nick's? 27. And what was the number of the float that 21. had the accident? So you were right behind, was six floats behind. I, I found out about the accident because parade goers came up to the side of my float and right. told me. And we're telling you, okay. Yeah, so if you don't know what we're talking about here, the, there was somebody was killed. Yes, when a they woman. Got, when they got knocked over by... Was she was not knocked over. She was standing in the middle of the tandem float. She, do you know what actually happened? So what I do know is that a tandem float is connected... Um, by a very thick piece of steel and it's hard to climb over a tandem connector even if it's not moving because it's about waist high and it's awkward to lift your leg that high and the feedback that I have received from people that were on that block is that she attempted to cross between the two floats and maybe did not realize they were connected I'm not sure but it's it's physically impossible to jump that it's like jumping on a moving train so she was trying to actually get from one side of the street to the other. Or she, was trying, to, or she was trying to get between the tandems for some reason. Wow. But if the feedback is that this was erat- she was displaying erratic behavior all evening. So she was drunk or something. You don't know that. that. Right. But, but, but just that the, the data points is that she was right. displaying erratic behavior. Do you know if it's true that she was chopped in half? I know that it was very ugly. And the people that came up to me on the side of the float... Um, were traumatized 
and um, a friend of mine's cousin did administer CPR to her. So oh. it looked to the point where she could have been revived in that moment. Well, she couldn't have been chopped in half if she had CPR. Right. So no one so would. That can't no one be would. True. No one would want to go and do that. No. So that can't be true because that's what I heard from these kids who told me that they saw it, but that is not true. Right? So I'm sure it was very disturbing and ugly. Yeah. No kidding. Well, that float must weigh about. 40 million tons at back of I mean, you've got, you know, um, 80 women on it, not to mention the, the actual uh, box itself. And, right. um, in, and of course, the fatality extended to Endymion that evening. And it's been a very rough, very emotional carnival. I do feel that yeah. I've, I'm at closure with it uh, because there were, I, I cried a lot for a few days. Um, but being able to ride with my fellow Nick sisters Sunday night gave us a really good sense of closure. The uh, crowds were so sweet. People lined the streets. Well, by Sunday night, nobody had been killed for a whole 24 for hours. For a whole 24 hours, point. we were death-free, yeah. fatality-free. Right. Uh-huh. So do you know anything about the Endymion person who was killed? Um, what I do know is that this is what the feedback I've heard is that the man was surrounded by a lot of crowds. It was very crowded. And there sometimes gets to be a lot of pushing and shoving around a float and that uh, he, was, he somehow lost his footing. So that was just an accident. He wasn't trying to get from one side of the street no. to the other. No, that was a, a, a terrible accident that honestly with the way people behave at parades was bound to happen. Uh, I'm you? really surprised that they actually don't, don't have fatalities more often. Right. The with way the way people, people act for, and everybody's drinking. And chase and floats and bang on the side of floats. Right. How long have you been writing for Nix? I'm an original writing member. I'm a charter wow. member. I joined before we had a parade permit and a name. Wow. Yeah. How did you join something that didn't have a name? So there was an email circulating that said a woman is starting a new all-female crew. So for those of you that cannot get into an all-female crew, we have a new one. So you were a reject from Muses. I was not a reject. I was on the wait list for a very long <laughs> ah. time, and I was tired of waiting. And actually, I got right. off the wait list because I was like, ah, oh, fuck this. I was, I just, well, yeah, no never, offense to Muses. I just was done waiting. They've never killed anybody in Muses. So what no. kind of a parade is that? I know, right? What fun is it? <laughs> so what did you do after the whole thing? After they disbanded? Did so, you go home and all? So it, it was very, so, in the, so you're, you're, you're on the route. And then they, when the announcement comes via our float lieutenants, because they were in a group communication message and they said, y'all, that's it. It's over. Like literally the float lights go off. Like it's like a switch <laughs> and it goes poof. And you're in darkness. And we're just looking you're around. You're on Magazine Street at this point. Yes, still right. on Magazine uh, in Bordeaux. We'd only just been... Magazine in Bordeaux, okay. Ten, six blocks maybe on the route. And uh, as a senior member of the crew um, and doing well with responding to accidents, I knew that there's a few things that needed to happen emotionally while we waited, which one was uh, to pray. So I had everybody... We were still harnessed in our spot, so I asked everybody to just gather your sister's hand, reach out, extend. We need a, we need a moment to be together and uh, you know, bless ourselves in this moment and take a moment that you know, we have not been robbed. We had this day together. We had this year together, but we're going to get through this together um, as a float and to remember that and to have a moment of silence for the woman who passed. Wow. So then we were rerouted back up Napoleon, down to Chapatulas, and brought back to our lots. And it was, you know, chaos because you have 3,000 women that are normally bussed in very strategically. And now it's, all right, so, uh, and this is not the crew. This is just the way it happened. Matter of fact, um, it was the crew that got us back to the lot. The NOPD wanted to drop us off in the Winn-Dixie parking lot. 
it was the our captain okay. that said, "Get us some lights back in that lot. Get us some police over there." Where was yeah. your car at this point? What were you expecting? Do you were expecting to end up down? In so the... I would have ended up on Canal Street right. without any throws left. Right. And then I would have just caught an Uber back with a friend to her where my car was parked in her apartment. And this time, I did not want to leave all my things. I had spent we spent mm. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of dollars on these throws. I did not want to get rid of them. And so people were um, just throwing their throws over the side of the float. And then people at this point were about 100 deep surrounding the lot, unable to get inside to come pick us up. It's, people are calling saying, come get me, come get me. When you say lot, what lot is this? What is this? This is across from Mardi Gras World. It's a big, giant Down on Chapatola dirt Street. lot. Yep. Okay. And that's where a lot of uh, floats load. Sure. So right. the, you know, the, the, and that's it, where you started out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's generally very methodic, brought in, you know, one bus yeah, load right. at a time. And at this point, you have women on foot everywhere, and you've got floats still coming in because people are starting to scramble. And then you have everyone on the outside that's now shown up right. to get people. Right. And so it was very much fend for yourself, but be respectful. <laughs> Were you supposed to end up at a party? No, we is don't there do. An, there's no next ball. We used to do. No, our ball is held a month beforehand. Oh, that's a good idea. So you got time to recover from that. The, emotionally, I was I was very lucky to have friends show up. Um, I'm very active on Twitter, so a shout out to my little Twitter peeps. And <laughs> we did an all call on little Twitter and said, "Who can come get us?" Wow, mm-hmm. Mark, are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. You yeah. should follow me. You didn't. You, you didn't go down to help out. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have I taken your ride. Me. I was only going <laughs> to take the ride of somebody I knew. Oh, well, that's pretty wise. And, uh, no and my friend Mary Sonia, who owns a uh, Gabrielle restaurant, and my friend Craig Mordock. They they showed up and waited and circled, and it was chaos. And came inside and picked up the bags of throws, and we all hauled it out together. I got home around 1.30 that morning. Jesus Christ, what a night. That must be pretty horrible. It was uh, very traumatizing and, right. and difficult, and you went through this whole range of emotions from um, you know, big, big highs and deep, deep, sad lows. And do you think there's any truth to what I've heard the, the ex- explanation for this terrible Mardi Gras? Is it because there's bodies trapped in the Hard Rock Cafe? Oh, yeah, right. No, that's a, have you heard that uh, one, Mark? I have not. That's no. very big on Twitter. We've that been it's cursed. The, it's, a, yeah. it's, the, it's the bad, the bad uh, juju of the, the body and the hard rock. And no, uh, obviously... This what do you put it down to? Just Mercury retrograde? Uh, no. Uh, just very bad timing and perhaps a much-needed wake-up call for our community to behave better at parades. Hmm. Do you think that's going to happen? I think that we only can be in control of ourselves and that there's nothing, there's nothing the city can do and there's nothing that the crews can do. The crew rules are for the crew's safety. Crew rules are for us, not for the parade goers. We don't have any rules for the parade goers. We have rules for ourselves. You mean ourselves meaning people are on the floats mm-hmm. in, the, in the crew? Yes, yeah, so we have very strict rules, and when right. you don't abide by them, you're fined and or removed. We really? have, you can get removed immediately off the route. Okay, so you have green nail polish and It was supposed to gold. be purple. <laughs> it <laughs> faded to a weird blue. I haven't so had time. So this is a very fancy. So this... Finger is gold. That's blue. That's, that's supposed green. to be purple. It's like Mardi Gras colors. <laughs> yes, oh, it is Mardi Gras colors. But this was supposed to be purple. It faded. There's a little bit of purple left there. These are very cool. <laughs> who, I think who did these for you? This is Insta Salon next to Insta. Martin's Wine Cellar oh, really? on Vets. On Vets out in Metro. Do you live Say out there? I do. You, you live out in Metro. <laughs> but not okay. but south of Bonneville, so it, so it doesn't okay, count. Okay, what other jewelry are you wearing? That's very nice, <laughs> this, this is, ring. This was uh, 50% like a off. Bar, 50% off. 50% wh- off of bobblebar.com. What bar? Bobble. Bobble bar. Bobble, B-A-E-B-L-E. I like that. It's very nice. Isn't it's like great? a rainbow. They, so they sell these also at Gene Therapy. 
And after um, Thanksgiving, they had them fifty percent off online, so I got five of them. Okay, you got five five rainbow. Did you give them away to people? Or do no, you I, them on I all wear your fingers? them. They only fit on two fingers. So you have to sort of double up. We'll hope that you lose some. No, I don't want to lose them. I just will wear a different one every day. Keep it fresh and exciting. Uh, but are they all the same or are they all different? They're all different. They're different shades and varying yeah. gradients of colors. Okay. And different thickness. Some are bigger. Okay. Mark, you don't have much. Thank you, you for noticing. A, oh, you it's are so pretty. Beautiful. Oh, my God. You have a wedding ring. I have on a Mark, wedding ring. I do on not. So are you married? Yes. I've right. Been married for 30 Two years to the like, same person. To the same person. Really? That's <laughs> that's quite an achievement. Yes. Yes. How did you get her to stay with you for thirty-two years? Well, it, it's it's an interesting story. Uh, uh, my wife's English. Uh, well, right there. She, there you go. No, she was only supposed to come here for a year for a nannying job, and she she was nanny for this uh, business businessman, and it was the first night that she was in New Orleans, uh, and she was asleep upstairs, and it was. Uh, she was jet lagged and stuff like that, and they were like, "Come down and meet your employer." And it happened to be during Mardi Gras, during a part, <laughs> during a, a party, uh, and everybody was dressed up in various costumes, and I was in the band playing the party. Mm-hmm. So she went up to, <laughs> to, she went up to the bass player, not not me, uh, and said, "Oh, I'm here, new, I'm new in New Orleans, uh, and uh, I need to know where to go and would be the great place to go." And I and uh, good thing our bass player was really, really timid, and he was scared that this this English woman English woman was coming up, and he was like, "Mark, come over here." So uh, I went over there, and we've been together ever since. So. Wow, I'm sure there seems to be lovely. a paragraph missing there. <laughs> what what happened in between you saying hello and then you end up getting married? Well, uh, you know, we started going out, and she started following me, and I was in a band at the time. What was the name of the band? The band was called The Murmurs. Oh, that was The Murmurs. Yeah. So this is in the early 90s we're talking about. Uh, you late, uh, well, it, it was 87. Oh, was it that long ago? Who's calling us from 318? A client. I am not answering it. <laughs> not good idea. <laughs> that would be. a client to confirm my visit with them on Friday. So they are in uh, Shreveport. Shreveport. Metro Aviation. They're a um, helicopter organization that contracts with hospitals to do the medvac. Oh, cool. Are they sending a chopper to come and get you? I would be amazing. I'm driving. What a bummer, because that would be great. To Listen, get a maybe after they meet me and love me. Yeah. <laughs> Then they'll be tr- like, they'll send you a helicopter. That's right. Get would me you, there faster. Would you go in it or is it too dangerous? I'm frightened, to be honest, at this point. Although I'm a little more frightened of twin engine planes than helicopters. Are you? I, well, the, the, the track lo- records aren't plane. great. Well, well no, but who knows how you're going to be killed now? Uh, there's a variety of ways now. The you wouldn't think that a Mardi Gras flight was going to take you out? No. I would. You Growing would. up in New Orleans, it didn't surprise me. That, that, that happened. I can't remember exactly so when it happened. So they're saying that back in 1980s, early 80s or something, at a, maybe a, right. on Mardi Gras Day, maybe at a Zulu or something. They, they referenced that when they did the stories. Are you yeah. guys both from here? I'm from here. I'm you from born, New Orleans. Born, yeah. born and raised I'm like, I'm like eighth generation. Eighth generation. Obnoxiously New Orleans. So obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> How... Um, how many? How are many? You? How you many? should start a show. Obnoxiously I'm, doing I'm, I'm writing. <laughs> that's my. That's basically my Twitter feed. <laughs> okay. Essentially. Is, it, is no. that what you call your Twitter feed? Obnoxiously New Orleans. That's a great idea. No, right? that is a great idea. So Someone write that eight down. Eight generations. How many years ago is that? I don't know. A very long time. How many years are in a generation? We came straight. 30? Well, you think about like decades, right? You think about like your grandparents, great grandparents. So right. my great. Well, my grandparents are older than ten. So my my great great uncle designed our city's flag. Your great who? Great great uncle Jean Bernard Corret designed the city of New Orleans flag. We have the original papers. What well, is the city of New Orleans flag? It's the three fleur de lis, you know. The, no. The, 
Oh, right. So Do you it's know the, it's the, the blue yeah. with the red stripe with the three Florida leaves. Oh, okay. That's a New Orleans flag? That's our city's flag. Oh, okay. Yep. And uh, even do you, do you get like every, something cool thing every time someone uses it? You Always. get a royalty. I get a you get penny. ten cents every time yes. someone <laughs> uses the flag in an official manner. Completely. That's a great system. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, no wonder you bought five, five rings. No wonder I got them all at fifteen ninety nine. Fifteen ninety nine is a good out. price for that. I tell you, I wouldn't spend thirty on them. That's all they cost for full price is thirty bucks. Very expensive. Bobble right? bar is very popular. Bobble bar. Bobble. Bobble bar. Bobble like that's that. very and anyway, that's very British too. Like so a it sounds like that. So ten, did you say eight generations? Mm-hmm. So that's I don't my even children know. alone are fourth generation at, at their school. So when my children attend school, they're the fourth generation. Fourth generation of Corets who have been of 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 both of their both lineage. It sounds like Corets syndrome. It's we're ridiculous. <laughs> we're obnoxious. When, I told you we're when obnoxious. You say that. Does anyone ever confuse you with Tourette syndrome? No, no. I, I, it sounds similar. One of because it should be Coure, but we're kind of a little yaddy. Well, if you're going to say Julie, you might as well Julie. say Julie. Julie. If you're going to say Julie, you might as well say Coure. That's a good point. It, it, it should be, but yeah. at some Julie point we're a bunch good. of yats. Well, how did, darling. How did it's Julie Ju- Corette. How did Julie get to stay French and Corette? My, my, yeah. my mom named us. So she, her name is Pat, and her sisters are Jane and Anne, and I'm assuming that she was very bored with those names and right. decided that she's going to give her daughters very French names. Do you have sisters? I do. I have um, a sister, Jeanne. Okay. Jeanne, and a sister, Mignon. Oh, they're very French. Okay. Yes. And my brother, who's the fourth, right? So, you know, New Orleans. Oh, he's the fourth. He's the fourth. Okay. And I have a newly discovered brother from Ancestry.com. Wow. Okay. Yes. He okay. lives in Baton Rouge. Okay. So, that's a story. That is a story. Well, I'm going to get you to play a song, but first we have to hear the story. <laughs> Tell me. Okay. Fine. So, let's go back to newly discovered. So, this is about a year and a half ago. And my mother's adopted, so she filled out the Ancestry.com, you know, spit tube. And my, I guess it was buy one, get one free, because Dad got one, too. And, you know, he got... <laughs> Are they still together? <laughs> they are, yes. Okay, well, that's good. It's still alive and still together. I was actually just at my parents' house just now, ironing this shirt and sh- eating food in their refrigerator like a good daughter does. You had to iron your own shirt. Your mom didn't iron it for you. Mom was not home. Okay. And Dad was asking me how to so, use his iWatch. So you, oh, so you just let yourself into your parents' house to use their iron. And eat out of their refrigerator. And why did you have to iron this shirt? Because it was very wrinkly, really? and I really wanted to wear it. This was the look I was going for. Why was it at your parents' house? It was not at my parents' house. I went over there. So I you worked bought out. a wrinkled shirt with you from home. <laughs> I, I, I saw my personal trainer before this, and I did not have time to iron the shirt before getting to my trainer appointment on time. Okay. So I brought it with me in the car, knowing I had time. So you were thinking ahead. I had it all. I have time to iron at my parents' house. I had a window of time (laughs) between working out. So, back to my new brother. Yeah, and then we're going to go and see what happened to how Mark met his wife and what happened in between meeting her and getting married. But let's, (laughs) first of all, go. So Dad spits in the tube and and doesn't get any exciting news. Well, in the meantime, a man in Baton Rouge who's adopted, whose both of his adopted parents have passed away for his 50th birthday, he receives the DNA test as a gift from his in-laws. So this man's married. He has no kids. He's released the idea of ever finding his parents, which is never something that was important to him. But he was curious what his heritage was. And he submitted his test tube and boop, he got an alert and said, oh, here's your father. And you click on it and it connects you. It's connected to Facebook. And he sees... 
so there's a way that you connect every. It's um, it's just the way that you activate your profile, basically. This is this guy's father. So now who he, he's never heard of, and and, is, and assumes that, is that right? and assumes at age fifty he's dead. I mean, think about it. If you were fifty years old. Are you going to be looking for your dad? No. no. You're going to assume that that's long gone. He doesn't care. He, he, he had completely but let go of this guy's not looking for his dad. He wasn't. He was just looking for his heritage. Okay, wait up. Just hang on, hang on. So if <laughs> not everybody on Facebook is somehow connected to 23andMe. Or no, no. It was just, the, I guess, the way that we set up our profiles, you can... You know, put you more have your information. DNA on Facebook. No, you have it on. Well, you have the name. I, I don't know. I, I can't. Grant, you got details here. All this I know is, like, is that like he. It's like a court of law. It says that. <laughs> it says this is your dad. This is his name. Check him out. Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. But so that was that was so his name's Chris Chris Perkins and that's his reaction. Chris goes, Perkins. Chris Perkins. Who, his, he's wh- look. This is him. I keep let's him. Look in. From this is he's, your brother. Is yeah, Chris my Perkins. new brother. I have a brother, and this is my new brother. Okay, but hang on a second. How yeah. close to this is this? Brother, what do you share with this guy? So, well, now everything. Because your parents are your real parents. We share a father. So what happened is my dad. (laughs) Wait up. Okay. Your dad and this guy's dad are the same person. Yeah. And this is the guy you were just telling him how to use his iWatch. My father. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad. So is Chris any good with the technology? Can he? Right. Dad, call Chris. Um, Really? So. Okay, hang on. Okay, so. Okay, yeah, go It was before I met my mom. My dad was a single guy. Mm-hmm. And he had a date, and it went really well. Well, yeah. And uh, <laughs> never saw the woman again. Okay. And she gave up a baby for adoption, and did not tell my father oh, that she wow. got pregnant. Wow. So. Um, That's his story. He. What no, happened? I mean, Dad's like he doesn't. Yeah, is it's a. It was a foggy night. The details are foggy. Does he remember this woman at no. anything about her? Not. Not. Nothing that's identifying. Okay, so just the so your dad was the guy who was on Facebook. Yes, and Chris is on Facebook too. But I mean, <laughs> somehow, are well, you following some, this market? No, yes. it's not somehow. When, on, when you go to ancestry.com, it says this is who you're related to, and it says the it says the relation. It says uh, father, mother, sibling, cousin, second cousin, etc. And next to the name father, it had my dad's name. So all Chris had to do. What is your dad's name? Bill Corrette. Bill Corrette. Yeah. Okay. William Henry Corrette III. So Chris looks him up. Do they call him Trey? No, we call him Bill. No one calls him Trey. No. Okay, so his ne- he's, got, he's on Facebook. Yeah, my dad's on Facebook. Okay, but how is that? I still can't quite understand how that's linked to Ancestry. I don't doctor. know if it's linked. He might have just looked him up. It just had his name, maybe. But, okay, he, so but the he typed guy, it yeah. up. So Chris Perkins did, took the one extra step and put and it on Facebook and see if there's anyone called... Bill Corrette, which is a pretty unusual but, name. And, and, you, and he looks a lot like us in our oh, family. wow. And so my brother was running my dad's account, though, because my dad's, you know, like 80. And He's got an eye watch. <laughs> Pook, how do I? Why, why does it go dark? I, I Look, <laughs> why, I want to be able to check the weather. Did you buy it for him for Christmas? My mom decided to buy us eye watches, my father and I. And I don't know why. Cool. She didn't buy it for my siblings, so... Sorry. All right. Are you the oldest or youngest? No, or? I'm the youngest. You're the youngest, so you're the baby. Are I'm you spoiled? No. No, not at all. No. Did they just forget about you as a kid? No, no, no because they're much, older, they're much older than me, so I was almost like an only child. Okay. You know, um, it's the same situation for me. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm but, the last of eight. The last wow, of eight? Wow, eight. Yeah. All right, oh my are, God. You, are you Catholic? Of course. Obviously. <laughs> which, where'd eight? you go to high school? Brother Martin. Class of? 81. Okay. Yeah. And you went to Sacred Sacred Heart, Heart, class of what? 95. 95, so you're a lot younger than than Mark. I'm old. Way to point that out to him. (laughs) Well, you know, just working out the math. So you're 10 years younger. 
actually. No, than more who? Than, than Mark. <laughs> 14 years. 14. Okay. So, so now you have a brother. We have a, we have a, we have a new Chris, big brother, Chris. Chris. Yeah, he's part of the family. What does he look like? Let's have a look at his he's photo. He's wonderful. He's, he's handsome and sweet and just like all of us Couretts. Well, how did he get to Baton Rouge? He was, was your dad at LSU at this point? No, he was adopted out of South Mississippi and raised in Opelousas. Okay. And then just made his way to Baton Rouge. What does he do? Um, he is a pest control serviceman. Okay. For Terminix or anything? Uh, a, a private, uh, locally owned one okay. in Baton Rouge. He's so sweet. He has Let's our picture. As his, as his profile picture, he has our family. This is the first time he met all the siblings. Wow. Isn't that so sweet? He's a, he's a love bug. Um, and he fits right in because we're all very obnoxious. Us curettes, and he fits right in. For I'm sure, fa- he'd like to be described as obnoxious. He would own it completely. <laughs> okay. He and my brother um, Billy and my father all went um, so I on a what? Father's Day fishing trip for the first time oh, together. Wow. Isn't that sweet? That what does your dad think of this? He does he have delightful. any emotional sort of reaction? He thinks it's wonderful. This? He's like, this is great. How many others has he got? Right? Dad, <laughs> stop slutting around. <laughs> and he doesn't remember this night at all. He doesn't remember the details. <laughs> what does he remember? How much does he remember? Yes. He remembers leaving. Um, this is you, Chris, and your sister? One of my sisters, yes. He remembers leaving. He does look a bit like you, doesn't he? Look he does. Like. He remembers leaving uh, the bar. He remembers leaving the bar. He remembers wow. leaving. Does he remember having sex with this woman? I did not ask my father that. <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> is it? Yes, that's, that's awful. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that would be the first thing you'd ask. Do you remember? Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, I did not ask him. remember banging that. this broad up for the awful. chimes. That is awful. Okay. Where was he at the chimes or what? Uh, they were leaving F&M's, which at the time was F&M's. called Gerald's. So this was here? Yeah. I'm not in Baton Rouge. I was just assuming for some reason it was Baton Rouge. Yeah. No, okay. no. The woman adopted oh, so it all the baby it, right, he ended out up, of right. South Mississippi. She okay. may not have been from here. And, and, and Chris doesn't even care about finding her. This point. I'd like to find her, wouldn't wouldn't you, Mark? <laughs> Curious. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to find her? No. Would your dad like to find her? No. Hmm. No, we don't care. We we've got Chris and he's wonderful and lovely yeah. and he's got four new siblings and a bunch of nieces and nephews. His hands are full right now. He's That's busy. Pretty amazing. So he doesn't have any other family. You're his family now. He has got one remaining sister who's adopted. One of his sisters right. passed away. She had an aneurysm in her sleep and, oh, and passed wow. away about seven years ago. So he has one remaining sister, his wife and his in-laws, who's one other set of in-laws, and that's it. Wow. And then now, okay. poof, here you go. Things are picking up. Chris Perkins. <laughs> yeah, he's the <laughs> best. It's your lucky day. Okay, it and he's a pest control story. guy. Can he, does he do pest control at your house now? Is it handy to have a pest control I, I, No, I use, I, use, I use Dial 1 Franklin Pest Control here in New Orleans. Do you? I do, one. yes, I do. Are they clients of yours? We haven't even talked about they what you do, but clients, we'll get on to that yeah. later. <laughs> hey, um, who do you use for pest control, Mark, at your place? Uh... I can't remember. You use somebody, <laughs> don't you? You don't you do it yourself, no, do you? Do you cannot. Can you do your own pest control? No, you shouldn't. You this used to this be was not a question I expected, so no. Yeah. DM, uh, DM. Are you prepared for some other questions? Oh, no, sure. What were the questions you expected? Oh, basically the kinds of, kinds of stuff that I do. Being playing music here, I have a, 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 a series called Music from the Man Cave that's on... I've seen that on YouTube. On YouTube. Oh, I want to it's called Music from the Man Cave, and there's not much music on it. It's mostly talking. No, oh, there's, there's, two, there's one to two songs one per two so- yeah. episode. It's like I a, thought it was going to be all music. Well, it's a little bit of both. Uh, right. The thing is, you know, a lot of people who are, you know, there's a lot of musicians in New Orleans, and I've, I've been playing music in New Orleans for about 30-odd years, a little long, longer than that. Uh, and, you know, Everybody knows the famous musicians that are here, but a lot of people, there's a lot of people here that don't know some of these musicians that, that 
uh, are here right. that and all musicians uh, as far as uh, people that I've met and I've written I've played and written a lot in New Orleans and Nashville and elsewhere always have this kind of strange sense of humor this kind of weird look on the world and so I I when you know, I put a band. I put lots of bands together, but I put a band together a few years ago called Carson Station, which is a band that plays a lot of my music. Um, and I wanted at first, I started wanted to put something together, video-wise, that would uh, you know help my band get more gigs and stuff like that. And so I, I thought of this idea that there's a, a series called Live at Daryl's House that Daryl Hall does, and where he he brings in other hit writers, hit singers, hit artists from the 70s, and they come to his house and they play and all that kind of stuff. So initially I was thinking, I want to do something like that. So we started and we just, uh, I got a few friends of mine that I've played music with for years and, uh, you know, started interviewing them. And we played, you know, in this, uh, my, my guitar player has this little shed in the back. Uh, and it's really he organized it. There's guitars hanging on the wall. The, the, it's it's a really nice look, uh, and so we just started doing songs, and then we're like, and then we after we finished doing the songs, we're like, why don't we just have this little interview thing out on the patio, and so it became this thing, and you know, everybody was telling all the stories that they'd had for you know, playing being play, playing in New Orleans for years, and so it just became this thing. We've had five episodes so far. Um, it's really well shot and well produced. Well, thank you. So who who does all that? Who's making it? Well, I uh, direct a lot of it. Um, the band the, the the band is involved in a lot of the, and I wanted it to be off the cuff. I want I didn't want to mm -hmm. ha have anything scripted or whatever. Uh, initially, we had one guy taking the video. But now we have two guys. There's this uh, student called, named Carson Williams. At uh, he's at Nokia now, and he's studying this kind of stuff. He's a, he's a junior. Okay. Uh, and Are you gonna start a band with him called Mark Carson Williams? <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, the last thing we filmed was with Kim Carson, the, the uh, country artist. Is she artist. related to you? No. Uh, so it was Kim Carson, Mark Carson, and Carson Williams. <laughs> it was like the Carson family singers. Uh, no, but yeah. So we. Uh, uh, Carson is really good at, at editing. Yeah, we have good. we have two, you know. Now we have, so you two, have two cameras, cameras uh, and you edit the thing together. So it looks very professional looking. Well, thank you. The whole thing. Yeah, and it's pretty interesting too. And there's some I don't know if all these episodes with the couple that I've seen have some sort of weird fireplace in them. Yeah, what the hell is that? <laughs> it's like flames. It's that. Yeah, at, it's this little on a table. Yeah, it's this little. Oh, is this the? Um, this little, I've heard of it this looks thing. Like crystal, it looks like a crystal fire is thing. Is it called it's, like f fireless flames or something? Something or, like that. There's a. It's a gas thing. Flames. It's a fireless. Gas, it's like, a fireless no, fire pit or it something. It actually it is fire. You know, there's, a, there's a gas flames, thing going it would under. Be like if you had yeah. flames right but in front of it. I don't even know what you call it, but it it is a table. I was asking you about it. It's very weird. But you can just put it like on concrete, right? It's portable. It's very portable. It's yeah. This is just. An act, this is a table that actually has little, it looks like what little looks like little crystals in the middle of it. Right. And you know, can you the, light your cigarettes off the? I guess. You usually <laughs> see those in the back of like Holiday Inns. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just it's just something that was that happened to be in his, you know, on his patio, and so okay. we just had chairs all around it, and you know, I just started joking around. Yes, now we're here before the crystal fire. Oh my god, like that's that. it was amazing. Ridiculously, 
you know, ridiculous. It's like interesting. That. I like it's, it. It's a good. It's kind of. Uh, it's kind of like this show in a way. It's people sitting around talking about crap. Yeah, yeah, and it's just uh, we've come up with some really, really, you know. Funny stories. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Talking about our first, like how bad our first song was, or uh. our first gig was, or you know. Uh, Is this how musicians talk when they sit around? Yes. And that's what I wanted lamenting. to get. Lamenting. Right. Well, some of it's lamenting, is but it, some of it's just what? funny. I mean, it's like... It's There's a lot this, of war story type It is. Stuff. It is. I bet. It, like, it, musicians have this kind of gallows humor. And it's like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Oh, wait a minute. It just happened. <laughs> Um, and so, do you have a story that you tell when, about the worst thing that ever happened to you? <laughs> Will you tell us about it? Yeah, the worst thing that ever happened. Jeez, oh, so many bad other, things. Other than this conversation, <laughs> <laughs> what? On do, stage, do you, have, yeah, yeah. do you have one that you tell and it's yeah. your turn to top everybody with the? Well, I, I used to play in the '80s in the, my band, The Murmurs. We we played a lot of cover tunes and we played a lot of places. We played kind of regionally around the South, uh, and we played at this place in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, called Cash's. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played for like a two-week run, you know. And now that's pretty cool. You got two weeks at the beach. It was two weeks at the beach. Yeah. You know, we we di- didn't get paid a ton, so we but so we said let's make it a vacation. So we booked a hotel right across the street, so we didn't have to drive anywhere. And so, you know, mm-hmm. and you have anything you want to drink for a dollar. Uh, and when you're in your 20s, it's like, yeah, let's do that. This sounds pretty good. So far, I'm waiting for the <laughs> hammer like to fall. So yeah. it's fine. So it's fine. And uh, it, they said, okay, well, on Mondays, uh, you know, because we had to get we had to get there like I don't know, it's at eight o'clock to start setting everything up and and stuff. Well, like on Mondays, there's the uh, male stripper night. <laughs> Was I'll it, be there. Wasn't expecting is that, that. Is it that was, still a thing? It <laughs> was the male stripper night, and so Road trip. so it was like, so we were trying to set some things up, and they had an extension that they built that built on oh, the like stage, stage for on the, the guy stage, yeah. to go out and strip. And I was just like, I, I'd never been to any of these types of things uh-huh, before. Sure. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> except for that one time, except for that, that one you, time, where yeah. you picked that guy up. Um, but it was just—it was fascinating to me the differences between male strippers and female strippers. Because you have a lot of experience with the female strippers. No, no, I've been to some, uh, you know, stag parties of my friends who got married. Okay, so what's the difference? The difference is, with each of the male strippers, there was a character. Like he's a mailman or something? He, no, well, no, like he's a businessman and he wants to win or he's a cowboy or he's a whatever. That's literally what I just said. Oh, it's, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said so he's like a mailman and you go, no, he's like a businessman. <laughs> yeah. So he dresses up in something. They dressed up in something. And is there like a, so is, it's he, like, is he like, talking? Is there a script? Like Does he porn, say things? Sort of like, like the cable guy. Well, he says. Hi there, it's been a rough day. He yeah. says something in the beginning. I, I really wasn't listening all that closely. <laughs> I need to pull over. How many Monday like, nights were you there? Just two. There was two Monday nights, and then the the, the Thursday nights were the, the wet T-shirt nights. And I'm for like, the men or for the women? For the for the men. For the well, for the men to watch. Well, okay, it was the women. Okay. It was for the women. Well, so this like, Fort Walton Beach is a pretty and wild it's like, place so we, in the eighties. So we did this. So, so you're the music for the strip. Yeah. For so the male we're playing. We're playing in this. Bar, we have to play a set before this thing goes on, and it's all, and the, like we're up on the stage, and there's a, the the, the state the dance floor is right below us, so it's like wall to wall guys sitting there, and we're so we found. Hang we, on, it's wall to wall guys sitting where? St- standing. I'm sure watching it had us. like the rapiest vibe you could imagine. It was really oh awful. God. It was like. <laughs> 
So we hey, had are to we pull talking up. about male stripper night or wet t-shirt? No, no, this is night. wet t-shirt night. Oh, we're on the oh, wet t-shirt. I thought we were doing. So did I. I'm wondering why all the guys were there. No, I was no. with you. No, no, no okay, the whole Tom. room full okay. of women would not no. generate a rapey vibe. No, you know? no, it was really, it was really awful. We had, to, we pulled out every ZZ Top song that we knew, and and we got through it, you know. But then it was, it was really pathetic. It was awful. This this wet t-shirt night because all these young girls were doing all this stuff, and yeah. and and so. There was one girl that was doing her business or whatever, and my microphone was sitting there, like standing there, and so she was using the microphone as kind of like a stripper pole. Okay. That sounds very balanced and sturdy. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> well, well weighted. Okay. So we sit, and she she's all oiled up, and so I come so back. So it's oil, not water. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was. What I came her, back. Well, well then they say wet t-shirt doesn't have to be. Well, yeah, w- water she, can be she, wet with oil. She, so I hadn't thought of she that. She embellished. She had her own. Oh, she, she brought, brought her own things. stuff. This right. is the '80s. It was probably like some Johnson and Johnson From, baby oil. Oh, baby probably oil. was. Yeah. But I'm. I, I go have to go back and I have to use this mic stand. Mm, <laughs> but it smells so great. So go back. I'm like, uh, you know, it's like. This, yeah. this can't be the worst thing that ever happened That's to you. Not you the had worst a thing. greasy mic stand from a, <laughs> from a girl in Fort Walton Beach. Yeah, yeah. How bad could that be? Yeah. That's the worst it thing that ever happened. It wasn't just her tits. That uh, was Monday night <laughs> for David Lee Roth from 15 years. You know? That was, no, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of them, but that's, that's one, the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. Okay, well, that wasn't what I was expecting at all. I was thinking something to do with the male strippers and how embarrassing. And Can talk more about the, sh- the shirtless men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any pictures? No. Oddly enough. Are you no. dating anybody, Julie? Julie, I mean. Julie. I, I had a first date. Yeah. And there's going to be a second one. Okay. How did you meet this person? A dating app. And now, which one? Bumble. Bumble. Do you have a dog? I have children. So, well, that's a strange no. answer to that well, question. I, like, how, okay. can have, how can you have? I, just, I think that's a lot to manage. Two kids and a dog would be a lot. So we have. Okay. We have guinea pigs. We have two. I don't know pets. if there's a guinea pig dating app, but there's a. There's oh, a, must love dogs. Dog, no, I don't love dogs. There's a dog. Like, there's a dog? It's called yeah. Dig. Yes, Dig, I've, I've, the dog met the, I've met the. Oh dating app. I've met the founder of that. It's of pretty like interesting, events. right? Yeah, it's interesting if you're. But anyway, that wasn't it. Bumble. So, how does Bumble work? Bumble is Tinder based. It's similar where you. So basically, the the difference with Bumble is that you the woman has to send the first message. Okay. But what I do is I don't I don't have time to swipe left and right. That's too much work. Don't have time. I don't have the energy for that. No. Okay. So what I do is you pay someone to swipe for you. I paid ten bucks, and it gives me a a list of all the men that swiped on me, and I just go through that. Wow. And then I look at them, and they don't make you go one at a time. You can see them all at once. Let's have a look at your photo on Bumble. What does it look like? It's very attractive. (laughs) It's you're an attractive looking person. I mean, what guy? What guy wouldn't swipe on you if you're? I know exactly, right? I'm like, so how many? How many many do you have to go through? Many. How many do you get on a day? Say fifty. Fifty. Fifty guys want to meet you every day. Oh, some of them already been out with. I'm like, bitch, I've ghosted you. Why are you messaging me? <laughs> okay, let's have a look at your photo on Bumble. We're going to put this. Okay. So it's, it's, uh, it's in snooze mode, so I need to, uh, I have to reactivate it. So that means that somebody can now, while we're sitting here, somebody can find you. Uh, well, in a second, yeah. And it's, okay, so have you had any success with Bumble before? Well, I'm single, so what do you think? Well, are you, so, single, are you looking to get married to somebody necessarily? In life, yes, I'd yes, like that. Yes, you are looking for a... a but I mean, I'm, oh, I'm look, look at that. Okay. I'm not looking for that on Bumble. That is pretty hot looking and so you, photo. So you just scroll. That's sexy. This is all you. Oh my God, look at that. 
Why are you surprised? Look at that. I'm That's right a hot in front photo. of you. I'm right in front of you. Why yeah, are my pictures surprising? They, sh <laughs> they should match equally. That's the goal. Look at that. There's some cute photos of you here. Wouldn't you think, Mark? You'd swipe on that, right? No, question. Yes. Ashley is single. <laughs> I'm. I'm not. I, I'm. Okay. I'm looking for myself. I'm excited for the second date. Okay. So who so. is this guy? I'll show you. He's in my. Oh, we've got a photo of him. He's, too, he's right. in. He's in my app, right? So this is my inbox of guys I've chatted with. See. Okay. We'll f we'll pick somebody for you. But that's uh. Th that's Thomas him. is. So th that's him. Okay, that's Kevin. He's 40. Mm-hmm, and I'm 42. 42, okay. So that's his age, right? Not his IQ or anything He seems very intelligent. He is? What does he do, do you think, Kevin? <laughs> I, I, don't think I, sh I don't know if I should say. Don't want to say? Hey, he's, he's, uh, in the, he's an agent. He's not in the pest control <laughs> no, business. I would not that there's anything wrong with that. No. No, he's, he's, got a, he's got a very upstanding position. He's an agent. Like a law enforcement agent. He's a, really? I'd be scared of that. Hmm. Would you want to date someone in law enforcement? What does your wife do exactly? Uh, she's a nurse. Oh, what That's kind of nurse? A My ex-husband's a nurse practitioner. What she, is was, uh, she was a, a midwife in England. <gasps> oh, my gosh. And now she's... she's uh, that was 30 years ago, right? Yes. But no, they were having babies on tables then. She's now, she now is, is the <laughs> head the of the labor and, labor and delivery but department at uh, uh, East Jefferson. Oh, that's oh, really? wonderful. Yeah. Okay, I've got, so you know, she might have seen me speak. I do a ton of work at EJ. Do you? Mm -hmm. Is it true they're closing down? Uh, it's the future does not look great. Who, yeah. What is wrong out there? That's a gigantic hospital. How could the possibly Basically, close they down? were offered. I mean, it's it's we have cannibalism of too many hospitals in this area. Is that right? I mean, if you think about it, you know, we've got a lot of freaking hospitals, and I guess you need them regionally, but we have a ton. And people get sick a lot. Year, yeah. Years ago, um, about five, four years ago, EJ basically went up for sale. HCA put an offer out. HCA owns Tulane Hospital. Okay. And they're, uh, they're a, a big regional uh, conglomerate, um, sort of like an Oshner. Anyway, uh, EJ declined the offer, and I guess they were still shopping around or looking for the best offer or thought they could survive on their own. It's been perpetual. It's, been, it's going, been going on for a long, long time. What is the problem out there? Is well, it a tough place to work? Is it badly since, organized? I don't... It, it's, it's, been well, it's been badly organized, I can tell you that much, yeah. in, 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 in past Like, they times. have a lot of turnover in their executive leadership right now. And also, mm. they've been losing money since Katrina. That, and that's what it comes down to. So that they're not making enough money, so that it needed to go up for sale. They declined the sale, and now they're really screwed. How do you lose money on a hospital? Uh, patients, beds, people basically. Don't, I mean, you'd think if you have a hospital and it's filled with people... It would, it would make sense, but, but, it's, amount but it's not. Pay. People are going elsewhere. People are going elsewhere. and okay. you know, A lot of competition with Oxner and other, other uh -huh. places. You know. Well, Oxner seems to run the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because you can... It's, you're no longer competing for hospital service. You're competing for all the other things that uh, the brand, you know, Oshner's with the Saints, and they have all these programs and initiatives and experiences. And then it's like, oh, and, and how does the facility look? People think about that. Does it look old and dumpy? Is it up, updated and fresh? And I'm, I'm, I'm so bless you, EJ's heart. They've, so you work out there for EJ. So you're an, you, you're an executive coach. coach. So good that we finally got that in uh, <laughs> 43 minutes later. Yeah. Just what I do for a living. Yeah. You're an executive coach. That's yes. very New Orleans, though, isn't it? You can have a whole conversation with someone for years and not know what the hell they do. That's right. I know, right? Okay, so you, what does that mean exactly? So what do you talk about out there at EJ? So what EJ wanted me to do was... Because um, they're not listening to you, apparently. No, they had me come basically try to make people make sense of how to still feel good in the workplace considering the, the working conditions. So it was the purpose of joy and happiness in the workplace and... Um, ah, okay. I came in and talked to them about um, so like, choosing still to be happy and, and 
having a mindset that supports us. Because what good is it to be bitter every single day? So you're coming... To but that's not what I do as a coach. So the people who own EJ, or run it at least, decided to hire you to try and cheer up the workforce because it's such a shitty place to work. Is that basically it? To give them, I would call it give them tools on how they can. But they are aware oh, of I would, doubt, I would debate as to whether it's a shitty place to work, but that's enough. That's it's another not thing. a shitty place <laughs> to work. It's that well, why, they were doing why do it they in, need to be cheered up? Because everybody gets in services. In services or when you bring somebody in to help sharpen the tools. And so it okay. wasn't like things are bad. It was, Julie, we, we've seen you speak. Do you think you can come talk to all of our staff? There's about 200 people in the room, 300. I don't, I don't know. It was a gigantic room. I didn't ask how many people were there. Because okay, this is only one time. So you're not going there every week doing a like no, a No, I'm, I'm not coaching anybody. So okay. that's an isolated, singular gig experience. A, uh, as a coach, I typically work with managers okay. and senior leaders. Well, I'm pretty sure I could go and cheer someone up for an hour. <laughs> Come on, you guys. Come on. It's up, awesome. Um, yeah. I'm here all day, folks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's a, mostly, though, you're working with people who are on an ongoing basis. Mostly I'm coaching people in a consistent manner, helping them become better leaders, uh, dealing with their staff, uh, helping them overcome interpersonal workplace conflict. I do a lot of training, though. So I'm either coaching one-on-one -on -one or I'm coaching, like, a group of people. And I do it. So what are you? Are you a psychologist? I'm an executive coach. But, I mean, how do you get to be that? Just one day said, I'm an executive coach. You just coach. tell people I'm an executive coach. Uh, I, I mean, I've got so a lot got of training in it. I've I have what, a master's that's, in. That's what I'm getting at. I have a master's what? in organizational management. I had an extensive corporate background with Disney, and did you became a very proficient speaker and coach? I, you know, mentoring people. So you you were an executive at Disney. I was not an executive at Disney. <laughs> I was that would have been amazing. What did you do at Disney? I was a manager of transportation operations, uh, first bus operations, and then monorails. I was wow. a corporate trainer and at, I was a recruiter at Disney World. At mm -hmm. Disneyland, where World. Disney World in World. Florida. Orlando. Mm -hmm. In O-Town. Wow. Back in the day where like, we held glow sticks Don't between our fingers. Don't say it like it's cool in O-Town. That's what we called it in the late 90s. We went to clubs and we danced like this a lot with our hands really fast. Wow. With glow so, sticks. Going to O-Town. So you were running the, keeping the trains running on time at Disney World. Yes. And then, and then I became a recruiter. For? Disney. To, to hire for, for our college program. What their kind college. of people? Looking for people? To Student workers to work in the parks and the resorts. Like to dress up as Mickey. And uh, which I did do as well. You played the part of Mickey Mouse. I was an entertainment performer. Are you surprised? <laughs> that shouldn't surprise you at this point. Um, were you surprised? Yes, I'm surprised. Yes, yeah, I that, was surprised. I would thought that would be a different union. <laughs> I, w I wasn't a union. Wasn't that like a sort of SAG or AFTRA or something? You have no, to be no, you, no, you, no, no, SAG and AFTRA were not. Union? No, no, we were just like, it was just a unionized uh, department. No, we were not SAG by any means. The no. people who play Mickey Mouse, is it just a random person from transport? No, so you're an entertainment, you're in the entertainment department and you go through auditions and training. It's very regulated. It's certain height ranges and certain behaviors and skill sets. Seems and to be a certain height to play mm -hmm. Mickey. So yes, not, to be short. Not tall. Right. Okay, so are you allowed to smoke weed out there? Uh, I mean, uh, no. I don't think you're allowed to have facial hair at Disney, right? Now you can. Now you can have a beard and a mustache. Okay. But back when I was there, you could, you had to wear pantyhose. You couldn't even have your legs exposed. Pantyhose. So when I was a manager and wearing skirts to work, I couldn't even, and I'd have to wear pantyhose in 110 degrees. Not when you played the part of Mickey. Well, Mickey, I wore a lot of stuff. <laughs> I was very well padded. It, was, it really was 110 degrees outside in Orlando, and you were walking around as Mickey Mouse in an outfit. And Winnie the Pooh and Timon. So you played, a ton of people. Okay, you played Winnie the Pooh. So it's a height range. So within that height range, you're approved. Um, and I did parades and shows. So while I did a lot of autograph signing, 
I eventually moved into doing parades and shows. I was performing on a stage. Okay. So, so when you go on a Tinder date, how, how long before you get to this story? <laughs> I, uh, if Kevin's listening, this is the first time he's here. <laughs> okay. This is so. pretty good stuff. I would like to hear this on a first date, wouldn't you, Matt? Yeah. It's been a long time yeah. since you've been on a first now, date. Usually right? on our it's first dates, it's like, time. are you an alcoholic? Do you do That's drugs? The first thing. Do you have a job? Like, usually right. it's like, okay, are you really divorced for real? Or are yeah. you just like <laughs> saying you're divorced and right. you've been separated for a week? And right. like, are you an addict? Literally, like that's, it's so romantic now. It's a bit hard to get straight answers to these questions though, isn't it? I mean, do you believe what people tell you? Do you really ask these questions? Yes, we absolutely, that was literally what we talked about. We're like, right. it's like, do you take pills to feel better every day? And I'm like, no, I don't. Wow. <laughs> That's, like what's going, that's what's going on in the dating world now. Yeah. That's the Ash, first thing. Ash has been looking for a few dates, right? Are you still are you looking? On, are you on a dating app? Uh, no. no I've heard... Uh, I, I mean, I've been seeing Chris Young for a while now. Oh, you have? Oh, so that's, oh, that's working I out. See, so she's not single. And You're selling him out. Poor guy's not even single. I forgot about that. No, but that was the last time we had this conversation. He's not in my show. ranks. <laughs> and she heard you talking about this Aww. on the show. This could work out for you. Oh, you already got it's the guy anyway. Uh, well, I mean, okay. I've got one date. One date. So. But that's good enough to go. If you want to go on a second date, we that's have a quite encouraging. Date. We have one scheduled. All right. That must be quite. After this. It's not today. It's after this. That's yeah, why I had lucky you ironed shirt. the shirt. That's why I had ironed yes. the shirt. The wow. shirt wasn't the for you. The shirt's not for y'all. I'm okay, going so to meet a guy. Where are you going on this date? Uh, I don't know. We're gonna. We're just going to figure it out. Oh, you haven't got a place to go? We're going like, to meet at my house and then go from there. That's daring right there. We're not like meeting in my bedroom. No, but you, I'm just like, why don't we just meet at my house? And then we'll just like, figure out what we're doing. What made you uh, tell the guy where you live? I'd be scared to do that. Because we had a three-hour lunch, so I got to know him, and he's an agent, so he's not like a... He's in law enforcement, so he probably knows where you live. Right, he already knew it. He's right. like, bitch, I right. already had it. What? What? Your, I guess you can't tell file. us what branch of the law enforcement he's in. Or you don't uh, no, I don't want to reveal that. I don't want to say that, no, no, unless we no. guess. I mean, how many are there? NOPD, Jefferson them. Parish Sheriff. He's not a Jefferson Parish Sheriff, I hope. Not Jefferson Parish. I'm That's not saying right. anything. No, I, I don't want to say too much. I don't know, you know? I mean, I know, I know, but I want to yeah, be appropriate. Yeah, let's you know. not jinx it. Okay, Mark, you've got all this way through the show, and we haven't played a single song yet. Right. I thought by now we would be have three songs, but we're not going to have time. So, what do you get? What do you feel like playing? Here? All right. Well, I think we have to play this song. Um, okay. Uh, I write a lot of songs with John Poppergrove, uh, and of course, he was in the band Poppergrove's Funk, or he started the band, and you know, they they've they did a lot over thirteen years. Is that band not together anymore? No, they're not together anymore. Oh, okay. uh, they used to have a residency here. Here, they played here. They played here every Monday, every Monday night. Every Monday yeah, night. Right. And uh, it was, and I've known John for years. We, he and I were in the '80s in these rival top forty bands and stuff like that. And and uh, it was one time. It was a number of, a few years ago, and we had been, we were drinking at uh, Carrollton Station, and I, and I had a few. I was overserved. I think I was at that point. And I was like, you know the problem with, with New Orleans bands? And he was like, what? <laughs> so the problem with New Orleans bands is they, they just were worried about the groove and they don't have like professional sing- songwriters coming in to write their songs with them. And I, I was just totally talking out of my ass. You know? and, and he was like, okay, well, we're going away. We're going to go away for two days and we're going to write some songs. And so we went. Uh, I have a buddy who has some land uh, across the lake. Uh, and so we went in a cabin, and so we went and we wrote a few songs, and this song ended up, make, ended up making it on the record, uh, Mr. Patterson's Hat in t- 2007, I believe. But and it's about 
a homeless guy that used to hang out right outside of the Maple Leaf. Uh, and he was this, you know, gregarious guy. He had a cowbell. He would be jamming with the band on the other, you know, right. outside, you know. And he'd every now and then, you know, when he'd see John, he'd be like, Papa, come here, Papa, give, give me a beer, give me a dollar. You know, just one of these New Orleans characters. And he had pictures of, like, every, you know, a lot of New Orleans people from New Orleans either know, related to, or some, you know, somehow are familiar with a musician. So his brother had a band called uh, Professor Shorthair um, <laughs> or something like that. And so he had these pictures, and he, and he just, you know. And so John just started talking to him, befriended him. Like when After Katrina, he, he found that the guy was still there, and he hugged him. He was like, oh, I'm so glad you're around. And so he... John was telling me that story that weekend that we were in the cabin, and I'm like, I'm playing, I'm just dictation, I'm just writing down everything, mm -hmm. and we pieced it into the song, it, you know, he started playing it here, it got on an album, he played it on four continents, and it was, it was on the documentary uh, that they just had for Papa Gross Funk, Do You, Do you Want It, I think it's the documentary's name. So, this is called John Brown, is what it's called. All right. John Brown's dancing with the cowbell in his hand Holding court on the sidewalk waiting for the band to jam Street stained junkie jacket, faded shots of short hairs band He yells police to the mangy dog he calls Trigger Man now Give me a dollar, give me a beer I wanna show you something, Papa, come over here Everybody loves him, they're so glad that he's around Everybody and their grandma knows John Brown John is high and tight, tweaked out to the beat Laughing at the ladies, it ain't nothing sweet he says, what you doing, baby, and what's going on with you? Ducks back down the alley, round that corner, back by two. He's getting a dollar, getting a beer. Wanna show you something, Papa, come over here. Everybody loves him, they're so glad that he's around. Everybody in the grandma knows John Brown. When you're feeling low, you take away your pain. You smile at you and it feels like an umbrella in the rain. A saint with a crooked halo, a prince without a throne, a fictitious head of state on the sidewalk he calls home. Give me a dollar, give me a beer. I wanna show you something, Papa, come over here. Everybody loves him, they're so glad that he's around Everybody and their grandma knows John Brown
That was fun. Is that his real name, John Brown, or did you make that up? No, uh, John got that from, there's, there's a Dr. John song in which he references the name John Brown, and okay. he used that. Uh, the homeless guy's name, is, all I knew is, was his name was Tillman. Um, Tillman? Yeah, I think he's passed away. He's since passed away. Hmm. Uh, but it was funny because when the album was coming out, John played the song for Tillman, and he was like, that's about me, isn't it? Aww. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. cool. Yeah. So you've written a lot of songs, like over a thousand songs. About fifteen hundred, between fifteen hundred and two thousand. Wow. Songs. wow. Yeah. And they've all been recorded, and they're all out there in the world somewhere. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what percentage gets out there? A very minute percentage. I, I I started writing songs here just for myself for a long, long time, and I wrote by myself for a long time, time maybe about twenty years, and. Uh, been in bands and stuff like that and played, played them when I could and stuff. But uh, about early 2000s, I started writing with well, Jim McCormick, mm -hmm. uh, who's, you know, now has two number one songs and numbers of cuts. Uh, and, but, but at the time, you know, neither he, neither he nor I had any kind of connections or anything like that. And so we started writing and... and uh, we were writing all kinds of music, stuff that sounded like Burke Bacharach, all kinds of stuff that didn't have any relation to anything that anybody was going to listen to. Uh, then he started going to Nashville, uh, and he started writing in Nashville, because Nashville is really the only place left where you can be a writer. You know, usually a lot of artists write their own music. And so Nashville, there's a lot of, still a lot of artists that, you know, don't write their own music or collaborate with writers or whatever. Uh, and so he started doing that, and I just was kept up with him, and I was uh, saw that he was doing well. And after a while, I was like, yeah, let me give this a shot. I was in graduate school at the time uh, at, L at L LSU, uh, getting a, I got a Ph.D. in history. Um, so you're Dr. Carson. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Mm, all right, well, we so, <laughs> have not been addressing yeah, you properly sorry, Dr. Carson, yeah. <laughs> Professor. Any yes. Anyway, so... Uh, uh, I said, well, I'm going to give this a shot. And so I started... If Jim McCormick can do it, you can do it. Yeah. Damn I mean, it. Yeah. <laughs> so I started going in 2005, and I went for a, a week out of every month between 2005 and 2014. I wrote about 100 to 120 songs a year over that period of time. Wow. Uh, uh, and I got a pu had a publishing deal up there for a little while, so I had some cuts up there. Uh, with John, I've, I've been able to have... One cut from Papa Grows Funk, nine cuts on the last record, three on the upcoming, the one that's just coming out now. Oh, uh, wow, okay. So, so you uh, make a living out of no, music? I wish I did. That's what, why how I'm do you make a living? We have to get out of here, so you've only got one second to explain. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, I teach history at LSU. Ah, uh, you're uh, a professor. Yeah. Uh, it's, professor. You're I'm an adjunct. I, I guessed very well. Wow, yeah, good I'm job, an adjunct you. professor at LSU. He's got a sweater pullover. I'm an adjunct. <laughs> like, oh, we're back to pullover. Yeah. I'm an okay. adjunct, adjunct at Holy Cross. I also teach songwriting at Tulane. You uh, do? Yeah. Oh. yeah. So you're basically a, an educator. Yes. Which is kind of what you do, Julie. Yes. That's so exactly what I do. Look well, at that. Go full team. circle. There you go. How about Back that? to where we began. Yeah. Exactly. So, Julie, we have to get out of here, but where do we find you? So, folks than, can follow other me. Other than uh, the state. Goodness gracious! Uh, <laughs> and your in your place <laughs> with that the kids. Sounds, Where are your kids? Tonight? They're with their father. 
Oh, okay. Where's he? And he'll, he'll, it's in an old battery. Yeah, we, we share custody. We're okay. Very so you good friends. Get rid of the kids and then you can roll in the FBI agent. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so we're, we're not coming over tonight, but. So otherwise, if you want to find me, yeah. Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, Julie Corette. Okay. And, or Google me, and okay. there'll be every uh, Wednesday on Channel 4 as well. You're every Wednesday on Channel 4 on the news. Yep, on Great Day Louisiana. Right. I have a weekly segment. That's right. I've seen you on that before. Thank you. And I think I've seen you on Twitter. You're pretty active on Twitter. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I've got... And Mark's on Twitter as well. So yeah, I need, find find yes. I need to so find So, Mark, you. where do we find you? Are you playing anywhere around here? Yes. Uh, in, uh, on the March the 10th, uh, D-Max on Jeff Davis. Yeah. Uh, I have a monthly songwriter series. Jim McCormick's going to be doing it on March 10th with me. Uh, the next month is Kim Carson. Paul Sanchez is going to be in May. Uh, John Foles is going to be in June. So we have, you know. So you host that? Yeah. Oh, it's that called Mark Carson cool. Songwriter yeah, Series. Right. At D-Max. Oh, that's very cool. And that's DMAX on Jeff Davis. Jeff Davis. Yeah. So that's the second, Monday, Tuesday, second, second Tuesday, Tuesday of every every month uh, starting at 8 o'clock. And do you tweet okay. this out? Yeah, oh yeah. So we can follow you on Twitter. What's your handle? I don't know what the Twitter is, but oh, I, don't know what is. I do know, no, I, I'm mainly Facebook. I, I have, I, I'm not Maybe really we can get Julie's dad to handle there you go. your social no. media for <laughs> Facebook.com <laughs> Facebook.com slash Carson Station is the name of the Carson band. Station. Carson so if we Station. Google Carson Station, we'll also, find you. Also, the website is CarsonStationMusic.com. Okay. So it's got... All the episodes of Music from the Man Cave, a lot of live videos of us, uh, and various cool. sundry other things. All right. So very you can find good. that. Yeah. Hey, thank you very much to the Positive Vibrations Foundation, who support arts, culture, and heritage here in New Orleans, and also to Basics Underneath, where they sell fine lingerie and swimsuits on Magazine Street. Are you looking for a bra or anything? I always would like more okay. Basics Underneath. Well, check out Basics Underneath go. on Magazine I'm Street. Check them out. And thank you very much, Julie Corrette and Mark Carson, for joining so us here tonight. It's been a great show this has here been delightful. From, uh, for our Ash Wednesday show, which I never thought we'd get through, actually. <laughs> so we have to, we've had to quit drinking. No one's had a drink the no. whole yeah. fucking day. That's been a very bad situation <laughs> <laughs> altogether. But it's been a fitting end to the Mardi Gras season. It's been wonderful. Yeah. The beginning it's been delightful. of the next year. Thank you so much yes, for joining us. For That's been us. Happy Thank Hour you. for another week. Hey, Mark, you have to play us out of here. The producer of our show is Graham DePonte. Our music producer is Monique Pyle. Christian Unruh is our music consultant. Our technical director is Thomas Walsh. And our Facebook Live feed director who put this whole thing on Facebook Live is Asher Griffith. Andrew Searock. Searock is out today, but normally he's our fact checker and social media connector. And our theme music is traditionally written and played by Mitch Foreman, but somehow... In the Mardi Gras Madness, we lost that track. And so Mark Carson, Dr. Mark Carson, is playing us out of the show today. If you'd like to be on our show, you can drop us a line. Our address is on our website. It's neworleans.com. We can also check out many other hours of Happy Hour that were recorded previous to this one, along with other shows we make here, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace, Louisiana, Eats with Poppy Tucker, and our award-winning podcast about death called Death the Podcast. You can find other great Louisiana podcasts as well at itsacadiana.com and it's batonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on a bunch of time-sucking social media like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can find those links on our website, itsneworleans.com. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our It's New Orleans Happy Hour Facebook page. These photos are taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, thank you for subscribing to us. If your podcast app has a share function, try telling a couple of friends about Happy Hour. This show is recorded live today at the Maple Leaf Bar on Oak Street in Uptown New Orleans. Happy Hour's production line of broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. Andrew Duhon is on the road somewhere. If you're looking for him, go to Andrew Duhon. 
Facebook.com and see if he's in a town near you. I think he might be back here next week, actually. On behalf of Andrew, everyone else around the table here at the Maple Leaf and back at our office at Know Broadcasting, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. I'll see you back here next week for more Happy Hour.